What is up, everyone? I'm super excited for this. I've been wanting to talk about this for since, honestly, Thursday, but really since Friday started. Uh, I've been looking forward to recording this episode, and it got better every single day, more and more wanting to record uh, this episode because we are officially talking about March Madness games. We're not talking about, you know, the, the bracket, what we think is going to happen. Um, we're actually talking about what did happen, and boy, oh boy, did things happen. Um, now, just a quick note I'm going to talk about real fast in the NBA. Um, unfortunately, the Mellow Bell's uh, rookie season is, is done. He fractured his wrist. He will be done for the rest of the season, which sucks because the Hornets were doing well. Um, hopefully, he comes back full strength because he was, he's been hooping, uh, and he's been making that team. Hopefully, he still runs rookie of the year because he's deserving of it. He was the best rookie by far, in my opinion, um, and made the most difference to the team. But that's the only NBA talk. Now we're going back to college basketball. So uh, just a quick stat. This is the first time in NCAA history that four or more, well, really it was just four, but four uh, teams seeded 13 or higher got made it to the round of 32. Um, so that just means this year was crazy. We knew this year was going to be a little bit different just because of COVID stuff, and we didn't know what to expect from a lot of teams. It was a crazy year. Starts off with a crazy game. Uh, Florida, Virginia Tech start off Friday with a absolute phenomenal game. Your thoughts on this one, Jacob? Yeah, um, back and forth game the whole way. Um, both teams make the tournament almost every year. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a great way to kick off the NCAA tournament, you know, hoping for close games, back and forth games that come down to the wire. Mm -hmm. And fortunately enough, Florida was able to, you know, pull out the win and, um, Props to Virginia Tech though, for fighting in and hanging the whole whole game. Yeah, and I mean, at the last second, they were down three. Uh, they they get a rebound off of a missed free, uh, free throw, kick the ball forward to some guy on the three-point line, and that guy had been going off in the fourth quarter. I don't know who his name is. Um, hits that late three and send it to OT, at least give him a chance, but Florida was just a little bit too dominant. Same with that or that Castleton guy, number 12 for Florida. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he was a little, too, a little too dominant, I guess, for the, down low. But, yeah, it started off great. I mm -hmm. mean – couldn't ask for a better game. Goes into Arkansas Colgate, which is a really good game um, throughout, uh, I would say, three-fourths of it. About 10 minutes yeah. left in the second half, you kind of tell the tide was turning, maybe a little bit less or l less time. But Arkansas goes on top on that one. Looks good, I guess, in the second half of the second half, I guess you can say. Yeah, you can just uh, tell that they're, you know, more athletic, you know, bigger team, better coach, better players, you know. You always yeah. want to see those upsets, but they hung in there for most of it. So at least give them props that they did that for, you know, 30 of the 40 minutes of the game. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if, if a team's going to upset and we'll talk about it later, as we see some of these upsets actually did happen, you know, you kind of, you kind of have to have a lead for, for majority of the game. And I don't feel like Colgate ever really had that dominant lead besides in the first half of the first half. So exactly. after that, you, you can kind of tell the tide was turning, uh, but you know, congratulations to Colgate. It, it was not a short, like they, they played very well. So it, um, and then the next game, we're not going to talk much about Illinois Drexel. Uh, Illinois came out and looked dominant from start to finish. So um, they were really good. Yeah. Texas Tech, Utah State was a very good game. I don't know if you got a chance to watch a lot of it, but um, Utah State looked really good. And I was, I, I was very, very upset because I was like, man, I got Tech going, you know, at least to the Sweet 16 in a lot of my brackets. So yeah. I was really worried that it was going to get busted that first game. Yeah, I was high on Utah State before the tournament, too. I knew that was probably the, the best 11-6 matchup in terms of, like, talent, coaching, and just overall team. And we definitely saw that, in, you know, throughout the game, how that played out. Um, fortunately enough for Texas Tech and, you know, us being Texans, that they pulled out, even though I don't necessarily like them. 
they pulled out with Chris Beard and uh, some of those uh, key guys like Kyler Murray that they have. Exactly. Yeah, they and uh, Matt McClung had a good game. He had 16 mm-hmm. points. So, um, I mean, shout out to the, to the Raiders for at least getting one win. Obviously, we, we all know what happens in the second. We all know what happened in the second round. But um, it, it, that was a good game through and through. Uh, very close. And then we go to our first real upset. Oral Roberts takes down Ohio State in the – I don't even know. Like, I mean, I get chills because, like, it's – you don't see this often. I mean, what it's been – this is the ninth time that a 15's beaten a two seed. Yeah, it's very rare. And I think this was the game that, you know, started the snowball effect with the whole Big Ten conference. Mm-hmm. You know, they saw Ohio State go down, and they're the big dogs of the Big Ten this year. And other than Michigan, like, I thought they were the best two seed in the tournament. I said that last week. and. Mm-hmm. You know, Oral Roberts put up a fight with, you know, Adams just, you know, leading score in the country, just, you know, carrying Oral Roberts. And that was a crazy game. It was crazy. You love to see big upsets like this. I'm not a fan of Ohio State as a school in general. So I was cheering for Oral Roberts the whole way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I I mean, and then uh, unfortunately what happens after uh, with the uh, Lindell guy from Ohio State getting, you know, death threats and, and stuff like that for losing the game. That's not what sports is about. I don't, you know, I don't condone that at all. Um, at the end of the day, these guys are, first of all, these guys are technically amateurs, but they're really professionals uh, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and, you know, they don't deserve that. Ohio State played hard. It's not like they lost the game by 30 points. I mean, it was a three-point game. They went into overtime. Um, Oral Roberts just, O'Banner and, and, and Amos, they just, they can mm-hmm. score the ball. And uh, they, they don't play much. They don't play great defense. Um, but they, they, they're one of the best scoring teams in the country and you don't want to go into over or not, you know, not overtime. You don't want it to be a close game where it goes to free throws because they're the one of like, they're not they're the best, if not like top three in the country. At free yeah. throws. So, um, and I mean, obviously we know they, they won their second round game as well. And they're going to the sweet 16. I mean, the last time that happened, actually, we were, we, we were at the game. We were at the game. Yes, sir. Well, we were at the sweet 16 game. Yeah. The one yeah. they lost, but uh, that's the last time that happened was Florida Gulf Coast. So um, they're kind of doing their own way. Not as exciting, I would say, as Florida Gulf Coast, um, just for the simple yeah. fact that they're not Florida called Dunk, Dunk City. City. Um, yeah. um, Florida Gulf Coast got, gets them a little bit there. Um, but I will say this: I, I'm under the scenes. I'm going underground here. Um, I actually had the opportunity to scout Max Amos when he was in high school at Jesuit, and then uh, I know a couple of friends who played against him at Coppell, who also played on his AAU team. And I believe he has an older brother because he looks super familiar. And I believe he has an older brother who's our age, Jacob, who played AAU. I could be wrong. He might have. I, d- I don't know name off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know him personally or I watched him play in high school like he did. So I, yeah. I don't mind to speak on that. Well, no, no, no. I'm just I'm saying I think he has an older brother that we played against maybe. But I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going under the scenes. I'm trying to get the nation's leading scorer on the podcast at some point. So, you know, if you, if you know him, send him a text, send him a DM if, you, if you're hearing this podcast. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on. But shout out to Oral Roberts for upsetting them because that was, that was awesome to watch. Um, next up, Baylor Hartford. Again, not going to talk much about this game yeah. besides the fact that Baylor looks back to their early season form, and that's scary uh, if you're in that region uh, and potentially scary for Gonzaga because as of right now, I think everyone's kind of back on the track of it's a Baylor-Gonzaga yeah. tournament. Yeah, Baylor looks dominant. They look healthy. Um, they're three guards. You know, Mitchell, Teague, and mm-hmm. Mark Vidal is one of the best defenders in the country. You know, they hold down that team, and their big guys aren't 
no slouches either. You know, they mm-hmm. roll, they defend, they roll to the rim, they finish well. Um, they're just a very well-rounded team. And, you know, they're going to be tough to beat for whoever plays them. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And their, their defense is really big, which I'm not, I'm not huge on. And this is what they were talking about, especially in the second game. Um, but like they, they were able to take a break and have that. They lost early in the big 12 championship, take a break, really work on their defense. I'm not a fan of that. We're going to talk about what I'm a fan of here in the next couple of games with Oregon state, but um, they, they were able to regroup, re-identify themselves back to what they were doing, their winning ways. And now they look more dominant than they were early on. So uh, I guess that works out for them. But then moving on, we got Georgia Tech taking on Loyola College. I did it again. Loyola Chicago. I'm stupid. Right, you got to get that right. Get some respect to Sister Jean, man. Yeah, well, that they, they come out and they look dominant in, in, in game one. I mean, they win by 11. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch this, this game that much because there were some other games going on that I was a little bit more interested in. Um, but they looked uh, they looked pretty good, and we obviously saw what they did in the second round. But this first round game against Georgia Tech, I mean, they just looked like lower like Chicago. There we go. Yeah. Um, then moving on, Tennessee, Oregon State, the traditional five twelve matchup where twelve beats a five, and Oregon State looked really good. Yeah, they looked fantastic, and I was expecting a little bit more from Tennessee too. I, I thought they started to look good towards the end of the year. Um, they're kind of up and down all year. Kind of got hot. Won mm-hmm. a few games, went deep in the SEC tournament. But, you know, Oregon State, man, I think me and you were way off last week talking about how bad the Pac-12 is because they are killing it in this March Madness tournament. I have to – I have to – I personally have to apologize to the Pac-12 because they must have listened to this because at, at one point they were the only undefeated conference. Yeah, uh, well, they were 5-0 at one point. They, they were 5-0, and at least, you know, of conferences that have mo- multiple teams in there. Uh, and they, they have four teams going to the Sweet 16. So Pac-12, I'm very sorry for what I did. Because I said, I, I literally, I remember making the video, editing it and everything, and I, and the words came out of my mouth. I am not picking a Pac-12 team to, to win a game this I year. Otherwise, pick a couple to at least win a game or two. So, well, Oregon <laughs> State dominated. I mean, we were, we've been talking about it for weeks. Tennessee is either very hot or very cold, and they came out very cold. And Oregon State came out very hot. So it's mm-hmm. not like um you know they just they were the better team uh and and shout out to them because thank god tennessee's out of this damn tournament because they suck uh <laughs> then we go to a 413 matchup oklahoma state and liberty we knew this one was going to be tough for oklahoma state liberty is a very good team uh oklahoma state though pulls out top pulls out uh, by six beating liberty in a good game um yeah i mean i don't have much more to say on that one what about you jacob yeah they just look solid they you know, every first round game is tough no matter what. Get those jitters out. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't expect much else other than Oklahoma State and Kate Cunningham winning that game for them. Yeah, exactly. So they, they win that one uh, and they move on. Uh, Wisconsin, North Carolina, very, very surprising game. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not surprised Wisconsin won by this much, um, but I am surprised by the outcome because I thought North Carolina was going to come out, be a lot better than what they were. Um, but Wisconsin really <laughs> held the game from start to finish. It was not a, it was not a contest. Yeah, it wasn't close at all. Wisconsin dominated that game. Uh, kind of seemed like North Carolina came out flat. Didn't really want to be there almost in a way. Yeah. But Wisconsin deserves all the credit. The team comes out that way. For sure, yeah. So shout out to, to Wisconsin. They they balled out. Um, and then Houston, Cleveland State. Not much to talk about this. I know I said this is the upset to watch out for 12-15. I was, I was close, I guess. I had a 12-15 or a 
215, excuse me, two, uh, 15 beat a two seed, just the wrong uh, region. Wrong um, but Houston wins this one. Um, so I yeah. much want to say on that one. Yeah, pretty easily too. They got yeah. some good ones there. And then uh, one of the 13 seeds who beat a four this year, uh, North Texas represents beating Purdue. Uh, and the little backstory for myself, you know, I go to UNT, not a huge fan of UNT at all of any of their sports. I think they all are not very good. Uh, but not a fan of Purdue either. So I disliked both these teams in this game, could care less, but I just thought Purdue better team. Um, no, sir. No, sir. Uh, North Texas comes out and wins this game. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, got to love it. You know, I grew up 10 minutes from their campus, mm-hmm. you know, was never a fan. And you've got all these big schools in Texas you're going to root for besides North Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, North Texas is the smallest, 30-some thousand people, yeah. but you get the A&Ms and Baylors and Texas and Techs of the world that you root for. But, you know, a little nostalgia and, you know, growing up 10 miles from a school that, you know, pulled up a big upset against a perennial mm-hmm. uh, tournament team. You'd love to see it. Yeah, and the the I don't know his first name, but the Hamlet guy mm-hmm. uh, with his dad in the stands wearing that uh, sweater. Yeah. That he, was awesome. Yeah, he has been memed everywhere. Yep, he has. But um, you got to love a dad, you know, supporting their their, their kid like that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, North Texas played really well. Um I mean, at the end of the day, I was a win-win for me. Uh, or I guess it was a win-lose for me because one team was going to lose. I am happy to see Purdue lose, though. Um, unfortunately, it was the only Indiana team we had in an Indiana tournament uh, where the you know where the tournament's being held. So it is what it is. But shout out to North Texas for getting their first win in program history in the NCAA tournament, which is a huge deal. Um, you can you can bet their basketball program is going to probably you know go up a little bit for the next couple of years just because they can say, hey, we won a game in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. Uh, then we go to the next one, Rutgers, Clemson. Uh, I actually did not watch a lot of this game, for being honest, um, because again, there's just there was a, at this point there's like four or five games going on at one point. You got to pick and choose your your winners and losers, I guess. I did not watch a lot of this game, but Rutgers comes out on top by four points. Um, did you, Jacob? Did you watch a lot of this one? I didn't get a lot of it. Um, I just knew that matchup out of all the seven tens was probably going to be pretty close. I guess the Florida and Virginia Tech game was close as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, give props to Rutgers for winning. I, I do know, though, that Rutgers – I think it's Joseph Young is his name. Um, he had a, he had the older brother. Uh, I believe his name is Joe Young, maybe. I don't know. He played for um, he played for Oregon a while back. Uh, yep. And then he – then that, his brother went on and played for the Pacers. That's the only why I really know him. Um, but I, uh, he was in this tournament for Rutgers. He's wearing number 42. And then their father played for Houston – um when they won the, sh- the championship with Akeem the dream oh. so little backstory I guess um, but hey that is what it is I think then Syracuse San Diego State uh another 6-11 matchup a lot of people I think I think this was probably the the one of the only ones where Syracuse was favored by like more than 50 percent to win this yeah. game <laughs> yeah. I almost feel bad for San Diego State but Syracuse comes out on top 78 to 62 yeah um, not Chad, a Jim Beheim's son. He is yeah. hooping. Buddy Beheim. Yeah, Buddy Beheim. He went off in that game. He had like what, thirty seven, points, seven threes or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. And then the yeah. guy who's New York's all-time leading scorer, the other uh, short guard for them up front in that two-three zone. He's a bucket. Uh, they're gonna be dangerous. I, I told you last week. Mm-hmm. That's a team to watch out for. And, and I think Syracuse is one of the hardest teams to play against, especially in the tournament for the simple fact of their zone they run. Um, mm-hmm. Now, like, this is the matchup I'm scared about most for, for Syracuse because you have a week off. You can prepare a little bit longer. 
Um, yeah. the, like the first weeks, the first matchups I'm scared about because, you know, you don't have that time to prepare. If they beat San Diego State, Syracuse has a almost a not a, I'm not saying an easy road, but almost a guaranteed it's going to be a close game just because of that two, three zone. You only get one day prepare for it. it it's hard to go against. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think this is what makes them dangerous in the tournament is if they can win that first game and, you know, Bayheim's going to have them ready to go against uh, whoever they play. Um, but I, I'm worried if right now, if I have to play against Syracuse, they're really good. They're really hot. Buddy Bayheim has 55 points, I believe, in the first two games of the of the tournament. Uh, crazy. And then last two games, uh, uh, Villanova and Winthorpe play. Um, Winthorpe played very good in the first half. I mean, they played a very good overall game. Just I think Villanova is a little bit too sound on offense and defense. Yeah, I just think they're too well coached. Um, you know, Villanova's always got those players that are there three, four years at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, senior-led teams that, you know, have been there, done that. So yeah. knew Villanova in a close game would probably pull it away. Yeah, they don't really turn the ball over much, so it's kind of hard to beat them um, if you're not going to score a lot or make them or force some turnovers. And then the last game of the night, West Virginia-Moorhead State. Um, I, I get another huge upset pick. I think a lot of people were picking, but West Virginia comes out uh, and gets their uh, Bob Huggins, his 900th win in his career. Uh, I think he's like the fifth or sixth coach to do that yeah, in NCAA history. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to him, um, but not really game uh, – West Virginia uh, kind of blew out Moorhead State. So that was Friday's games. So Friday's actions, um, you know, you got two huge upsets. You're like, man, this March is going to be crazy. Um, and then it gets even crazier the next day. Um, we start off with Colorado, Georgia Tech. Again, a huge upset game. A lot of people were picking. Um, and Georgetown did not show up. Colorado came out hot and firing. Yeah, they stepped on their throat. They did not want to be upset. And they kicked Georgetown's ass handily from the beginning. From start to finish, um, so again another Pac-12 team kissed, you know, beating me in my face, saying, "Hey, we, we're going to win some games in this tournament." Because um, I had, I, I think, I, I think, I, of like the, I think I made like seventeen brackets of total, uh, <laughs> um, and of the seventeen, I think I had like maybe like two or three with Colorado beating Georgetown. I, I was that into Georgetown being the upset; they were so hot, but um, Colorado comes out and, and wins that one. Florida State, uh, UNC Greensboro, uh, Florida State wins this one. Again, kind of like the Winthrop game, uh, Florida State is is getting more, like, well-coached as the kind of years go on. They're becoming more of a, a forefront in this in this uh, March Madness, and uh, they're just too long. They're just yeah, they're, they're always very long. Their guards are, like, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. They're a good mm-hmm. defensive team, hard to score on them. And that coach has been there for a while, so, like, players get to know the system. Exactly. I know UNC Greensboro fought a pretty good fight for most of the game. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, not like it was a blowout. They only lost by 10. Uh, UNC did. But like I said, it's just hard to score against Florida State. I mean, they only had 54 points when we're seeing a lot of these games hit 60 plus points, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you got you to score points and they couldn't against Florida State. And then Eastern Washington taking on Kansas, uh, a good game throughout. And if you watch this games, uh, you know about the Gross brothers now. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, that number 35, first of all, he looked like Jackie Moon playing basketball. <laughs> that, might have been, that might have been Will Ferrell out there. Who knows? Honestly, he probably was coaching the team as well as managing Eastern Washington and playing. Um, but he had 35 points. Uh, and and he, he did it against a Kansas team who had been up and down all year. Um, and if you're a Kansas fan, shout out Luke Heaton, because I know he's a Kansas guy. Um, 
he was super worried after this game, I, I would know, because they did not play good, and Eastern Washington kind of hit him in the face. Yep. Especially in the first half. Yeah. So, yeah, but if you – we'll, And we'll talk about the second game later. Yeah. <laughs> with them, so. Yeah, I'm not trying to ruin anything with the second game, but Eastern Washington definitely exposed them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go to the next one. I'm not even going to try to pronounce their name anymore because they're not in the tournament anymore. I don't care. LSU beats this other team. Um, by yeah, 15, they and yeah. they, they kind of did it dominantly throughout. They, you know, wasn't very much of a game. Then we go to Michigan taking on Texas Southern. Again, another non-game. Um, Texas Southern did have a better second half, um, but Michigan dominated in the first half. They did what they had to do. Yep. So, at this point, like, watching the watching a lot of the one seeds and, and some of the two seeds, obviously, besides Oral Roberts, um, you know, you, you almost have to, against those teams, you almost have to stomp on their throat early and then kind of set it on cruise control. Because if you set it the other way, yeah. it's all about momentum in basketball. Yeah. You and I know that. Mm-hmm. So, because I know I know Bama and Iona, who we're about to talk about here in a second, kind of have the same thing. Uh, another great game, Creighton taking on UC Santa Barbara. Great game throughout. Great game. Mm-hmm. Like, Very good game. I like Honestly, one of the best games I've seen of the tournament. Um, and, and this tournament was great. And it had a lot of upsets, but it also had a lot of really good games. Yep. And this and this was like honestly probably like top three in the first round for sure. Uh, I really wanted Santa Barbara to pull it out though in the end. I I did too. The only reason I didn't uh, went to a lot of the Creighton camps growing up. You know, mm. for some reason I'm a little bit of a Creighton fan, a little biased. But um, I was actually a little surprised at how well Santa Barbara played. And, um, mm. I thought they may upset Creighton because Creighton's not as good as normal, but. You know, that was a very good back-and-forth game the whole way. You know, it came down to the final few seconds and definitely one of the better first-round games. Yeah, and uh, Santa Barbara was – so, like, something you see about, like, some of these under-school – not these under-schools, but these mid-major schools and, and lower-talented schools, I guess you can say. Um, they have, like, size and, and, and talented yeah. guys. I mean, I understand basketball, it's, it's diluted a little bit more because you only have 10 – 10 to 15, 20 guys on a roster for the major schools, or it's like football, you get like, you know, 50 to 100. So obviously, you know, you're going to have a little bit more talent spread throughout. But like, man, like they have some big dudes playing. Mm-hmm. And, and cause like you see Irvine, we've seen in the past, has had some big guys. Yeah. Like California gets some giants and they're always a tough out in the tournament. Um, Crane got it this year. So, um, but shout out to them. And then, like I just mentioned, Bama and Iona played. Uh, good to see Rick Patino back in the tournament. Unfortunately, He's coaching a 15 seed, so yeah, well, I mean, he should just retire, honestly. Yeah, so it's, he it's about that time. So he, but he, he, it was like the he's like the first coach to take five different schools or something like that, or he's like the second coach to take five different schools. So shout out to him, but yeah, it's kind of hard to beat these teams with a roster like Iona and Bama would play, Bama played pretty good in that game. Yeah, um, there's all that they never really pulled away, they just were kind of steady, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, dominant took care of the ball pretty well. You know, made their shots, and you know, just did what they had to do to win. And that, that's what you have to do in the first game, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's just being steady and consistent. If you can do that in the first round, you you know probably see success later down in the tournament. Exactly, and we didn't talk about the first four, um, but Drake uh, beat Michigan State, which I was kind of surprised about um, to to make it. But they ended up facing UC U, uh, USC um, and USC looks good like yeah good yeah. <laughs> and it's evan more mobley. so evan mobley wow yeah. he is he is a player he's doing scoring passing rebounding defending he, he looks like he could have won the wooden player of the year 
Honestly, yeah. I mean, USC, I think, was the best team coming out of the Pac-12 this year. They were ranked the highest through most of the year, led most of the um, Pac-12 tournament. Um, And, I mean, we'll talk about them in the next round as well because they look even better, more dominant. But, um, yeah, they're they're good. Uh, That's all I can say. Watch out. Um, Iowa, Grand Canyon. Um, Iowa looked really good uh, against Grand Canyon. Luca Garza did Luca Garza things. Yep. Um, that's all I got to say about that one. Yeah, I agree. Nothing else to add on to that. Uh, Connecticut, Maryland played. Um, this was a, this was a pretty good game. I was pretty upset. Uh, I really wanted UConn to win because I felt like this. They kind of had the vibe of of like the the Walker year as well yeah. as the Shabazz's second year or second time going for the national championship. They kind of had that feel. Seven seed coming off a good tournament run, um, but Maryland stopped them in their tracks and, and, and really dominated this game. Yeah, Maryland looked good in that game. Uh, UConn, I kind of disagree. Like, I just didn't think they had quite the team nor the coaching mm-hmm. that they had in the past, you know, to make a deep run this year. I just love UConn. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I, I always I, I always tell people, hey, when, when Kimba when Kimba went cardiac and he had, they won six games and won the Big East tournament, I picked him. I told my dad, because I was, I was too young to do this, but I told my dad, I was like, hey, I want you – I put UConn to win a tournament. And they ended up winning the tournament. We got, like, second place in the – the whatchamacallit that year got everything else wrong, but uh, got, right. got the UConn guy right. Um, but yeah, so I'm uh, fortunate for them to, to leave, but Maryland goes on to the second round. Then we've got Ohio upsetting Virginia, which at this point, if you're Virginia, why even play in the tournament? Because you're your first round exit every year. Yeah, unless you get win the national championship. It, it's, it's first round exit or bus or first round exit or national championship. That's right. what's looking like. I will say this. I I did think Ohio had a good chance to beat them, and they did. Mm-hmm. But I'll say if Virginia makes the tournament as a one through four seed next year and they lose the first round, they might as well think about firing their coach. Honestly, yeah. I mean, and I think – And Tony Bennett's a great coach too, but, you know, you got to see success in the tournament to really, you know, hold on to them. What What do you think of their system, the, the slow yeah. pace? Because, I mean, their, their game was 62 to 58. And like I said, you're seeing a lot of these games go above 60 points. I don't know. I don't necessarily love it. I do like that it's different than how everything else is being played, though. You know, it's kind of one of those love-hate things that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, of the way they play defense, I hate their slow-paced offense. I will say that. And that's kind of what I think about it. Gotcha. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. But, um, I mean, it's not – I don't think it's proving to be super successful. It did, obviously, that one year in 2019 <laughs> – um, but I think I think the big thing was for them the difference between this year and that year, and then the, even the year they were upsetted, the the talent they had on that roster. Yeah, you know, well, guys who can score NBA prospects. You know, guys like making like good money in the league, and you don't really see that on Virginia's roster this year. Yeah, so the, definitely, definitely, you know, as a coach, you kind of got to rotate your team based on you know what the players you have. So, um, but they they get upset again. So next year, if they're back in the tournament. Heavy upset favorite, I, I, I would imagine. Um, then we go on to Oklahoma, Missouri. Uh, OU wins 72-68 in a, in a very competitive matchup from both teams. Uh, I know both teams were kind of cold going into the tournament, um, but both played very good. Very good yeah. first-round game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Josh Reeves from Oklahoma, you know, kind of put the team on his back in that game. Mm-hmm. I will say small small-town kid from Arkansas went to college there. So you like to see small-town kids, uh, you know, performing – big moments like the tournament and uh we knew it'd be close like obviously a not matchup but Oklahoma mm-hmm. pulled it out yeah unfortunate that um 
Devon Harmon or whatever I think his name is. He's a guard for uh, Oklahoma. He played at Dengar. Unfortunately, he had, he had COVID protocols, so he wasn't able to play in the first two games. Well, the, well yeah, the first two games. Um, but I, I don't know how much of a difference he would have made, but I think he would have made it a little bit different. Probably would have been a little bit bigger of a score gap. Uh, then we go on to the best team in the country right now, Gonzaga against Norfolk. Norfolk. Yeah. Norfolk, whatever, whatever their name is at this point. Who cares? They're out of the tournament. Um, but Gonzaga is dominant. I mean, they can score. They can score the basketball. Uh, so we had we had practice last night, and uh, I asked the kids because we have we have a defensive problem right now, and we're trying to fix some defensive stuff for our little fifth grade kids. And I asked them. I said, "Are we are we Gonzaga? Are we putting up a hundred points a game?" And they're like, "No." And I was like, "We don't have scores like Gonzaga, so we have to get stops." Gonzaga doesn't have to get stops. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously they're playing against a team that's not near their level of competition, but they're still going to score 83. I think they're what they're average, like 82 points a game or something crazy like that this year. Regular season, they average something ridiculous. Yeah. So they don't have to get stops because they're going to score the ball. And if they do need to get stops, I mean, Timmy had a great game. The second game. Um, what's, I don't know for his last name, Corspit, whatever. Yeah. I'm not saying either. However, you say it. He had a great game in the first one. Jalen Suggs can go off at any point. They've got great role players. They just looked really damn dominant. And I it, it is their tournament to lose at this point. Yeah, totally agree. Uh then we go UCLA, Birmingham Young or BYU. A Birmingham B, BYU was a team I was in love with, and I thought they were gonna make a run, especially I thought they could have beaten Texas. Uh, if they would have played in the second round, but that matchup didn't even happen. Uh, yeah. UCLA, first of all, beats BYU. And then, you know, we'll talk about the the last game last. Um, but uh, UCLA, I mean, when, wins the game in the first four, and we've talked about this, first four teams, one of them usually always wins one game. UCLA yeah. is the only one to do it this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll talk about them a little bit more in the second round because another non-Pac-12 team there you go and they're going dancing yeah Pac-12 so far like I said and then this one this one was a gimme but I think I think you and I both thought this Oregon was going to win this game um but yeah, this is the first, first yeah I think that's the only confident one we were saying about the Pac-12 against VCU yeah. gotta feel bad for VCU you know you you want to make the tournament they're not a well-known school it makes it every single year so you feel bad for those players who maybe never get the chance to play March Madness and Sucks with COVID protocols. You feel bad for the coach. I mean, what do you tell your players at that point? What would you tell your players? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Apparently, they they had to tell their players, uh, not even in person. Like, they couldn't even be in in a room together. They had to tell them why they were in their rooms through the hallway. Um, Very very upsetting thing that happened. You know, obviously, last year, um, everything had happened. No, No March Madness. A lot of players missed out. And a lot of these guys came back for the opportunity to play again in March Madness and to have that ripped away when you're so close. Very upsetting. Um, you know, fortunately, it's the only game that's ha- that it happened to. Hopefully it doesn't happen to any teams in the future because that'd be really upsetting. I'm very sorry for VCU. Did think Oregon was the better of the two teams, yeah. uh, especially since Oregon's been ha- since Oregon has gotten healthy. Um, but I, I just feel bad for VCU. You know, they didn't get an opportunity to play. So, yeah. You know. And, and it gave Oregon an opportunity to do what they did in the second round. But we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, then we go to our final upset and probably the best upset that you and I can talk about. Abilene Christian beats UT um, by one. Um, yeah. V- very great game by Abilene the whole the whole way through. 
What what a way to end the first round, too. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. What what a way to go out. I thought Texas, if they had a year to go deep, was this year. Like a good coach who's made the final four before. Mm-hmm. Good players, athletic players, long, can score, can defend. And you know what? Adeline Christian was a better team that night. They did it from start to finish. They played good defense. They shot terribly. They could not make anything, but they forced turnovers. Mm -hmm. They did everything that a small town coach could do and college could do. You just got to scrap sometimes to win games, and that's what they did. Exactly. Yeah, um, (laughs) it was was quite the game. I honestly, I did not catch the first half of it. I was still watching the BYU uh, UCLA game. So I didn't really catch a ton of the first half of it, but I was definitely tuned in that second half. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Northern Iowa made a mm-hmm. buzzer beater uh, or like a half court shot to win yeah. the game against Texas. I mean, it's just like nothing better than like watching. And it's even if you don't even hate Texas, it's just like, it's just like the cool thing, you know, free throw to win the game. Get one, get one final stop, game over. Um, you know, shout out to our. There's a there's a podcast called uh, T- Trash Talk Podcast. Go check them out um, as well. They're they're Abilene Christian guys. I know they were ecstatic. Our buddy Josh Fink played for for ACU for football, um, and it's just awesome to see Texas lose. Now, let me ask you this: You asked the question about Tony Bennett potentially next year. This is. This is his third time now Shaka Smart has been to the March Madness tournament with UT, his third first-round exit. What do you think Texas does this offseason? Um, I would say they should just move on from him, honestly. Maybe give him one more year, but I you know, definitely have a short leash with him. Yeah, I mean, he he was on the hot seat coming into the year, um, and especially like because like, last year I don't think they were having that good of a year. I don't know. I think they were going to make the tournament last year, but – not as a not as the uh, Big Twelve champion, right. but just as an at-large bid. But they they were not doing that good. Um, but yeah, he's. I think he is on the hot seat as anyone in the country because uh, he, that's just tough. You have a way more talented team. You guys played really good all year, and you lose to Abilene Christian. No offense, Abilene Christian. Right. Yeah. It's, t- it's a tough look. It's definitely something athletic director should look at. Does mm-hmm. this third first round loss? outweigh more than you know the good regular seasons they've had the last two years I don't know maybe it does I think it does personally so yeah and 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 he it's not like he's it's not like these are like not his guys this is his like fourth fifth sixth year at Texas he's got his guys in like and and some of them have graduated um and so it's just it's unfortunate for for the kids uh playing at UT because I mean they're doing a great job it's just you know, and we'll talk about this in the first game on the round of 32, but like coaches, coaches, if, if something's not working, you've got to, you know, move on and do something different. And it's got to be a mid-game adjustment. They can't have one thing stuck in our head and then, you know, think this is going to work at some point when it's not working. And that's kind of what you saw in the Abilene game. Absolutely. But uh, that that's the round of 64. That's our quick overview of that, recap of that. A lot of great games, a lot of great basketball um, and then it just tr- it continued to trickle down because Sunday and Monday got just as good. And, and, and uh, the Sweet 16 de- definitely does not look like what we thought it was going to. But we're going to take a quick ad timeout here from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. When we come back, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, the round of 32 real fast. And once we get done with the round of 32, we'll be going over the Sweet 16. We'll see you guys after the break. And welcome back 
Uh, now we're on to the round of 32. Again, a lot of great games happening on Sunday. The first one um, being probably one of the biggest upsets we've seen um, so far. Not, not, not saying anything against those lower seeds, but the way Loyola Chicago did it against Illinois. One, it being a battle of, you know, Illinois was awesome. Two, uh, Chicago was able to just dominate this game from start to finish. Um, it was – you almost felt bad for Illinois because they've had such a great year. But Loyola was just able to come in and kind of dictate things on defense, especially uh, – and I was just – we were just talking about this with um, making coaching changes at UT. Uh, you got to make in-game adjustments. And Illinois did not go away from that ball screen on offense, and it just was killing them. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, Honestly, Loyola Chicago, um, they look great, you know, the support of Sister Jean, you know, her luck, her prayers before the games, you know, cracks me up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, they got a good coach. He's built one hell of a resume that some big schools should look at if they're firing some people, you know, mm -hmm. Texas, you know, <clears throat> Texas. But, um, you know, two guys who've been to the Final Four before on that team were the leaders of that team. Mm -hmm. So they have some experience. So, you know, they got a good favorable rep match up in the next round which we'll talk about here in a little bit too exactly yeah i mean <laughs> kurt the kurtwig guy number 25 i mean he's he's hard to to forget you know especially the run they had a couple of years ago uh he's back and now he's rocking a stash which makes him look a little even weirder but um he, he was hooping on offense on defense and he did not back down from a uh, cockburn uh the the other big and he knew it was going to be a tough game uh offensively and defensively but he did not back down and you could tell um and they, they just played better than Illinois. I don't know, you know? So, uh, unfortunately for Illinois, because I think they would have been a great matchup against uh, Gonzaga and, and Baylor as well, but uh, they get knocked out. And Loyola Chicago is going for another run uh, at this Final Four. And they have they actually have a really good shot. You mentioned uh, they play Oregon State in the next round and then potentially play Syracuse or Houston. Yep. So. Mm -hmm. um, it's looking good for them. Honestly, and then Baylor, uh, Wisconsin, again, Baylor goes back to its old ways of winning uh, and winning the way they do it because they only have, they held Wisconsin at 29 points in the first half and looked dominant. Yeah, um, not much to say about this game and the fact that Baylor looks like themselves like they did earlier in the year. Exactly. Yeah, so shout out to Baylor for, for kind of putting things together. Um, they, they, I think what they're like eight, seven players that they, you know, heavy rotate are really good. That number 24. I don't know his first name. I know his last name is uh, Meyer, 24 yeah, with the mullet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he can ball. He can ball. He can shoot. He can shoot that rock. Yeah. Um, and then we go to Syracuse, West Virginia. Very good game. Um, very different sides. You know, you have Press, mm -hmm. press uh, Virginia, as they're known. Um, not, as, not as much as they have in the past, but they still press you a little mm -hmm. bit. And then Syracuse with their 2-3 zone. Um, yeah, it, very good game against two very good coaches. Uh, but I just think Syracuse, like, like we've talked about, this is their year, you know, to make that run. Uh, yeah, the final four. Did, uh, you know, this region has opened up for them too. Them and Loyal Chicago were probably two of the favorites, even Oklahoma State, to, you know, make a deep runs as higher seeds. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, it's <clears throat> unfortunate for West Virginia, but we've talked about it. We talked about it last week. They always get upset. I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say this is an upset because Syracuse, um, I wouldn't call them like a low, like they're not, they're not a normal 11, 11 seed, um, right. but technically based off the numbers, this is an upset. And I'm not saying Bob, Bob Huggins should get fired, but West Virginia, they just can't win in the March Madness tournament. I don't know what it is, but yep. just never, never wins. And then um, Tech and Arkansas play 
in, in, in the round of 32. We all knew, we all wanted this matchup to happen, you know, the Texas versus Arkansas rivalry. Yeah. Uh, I will say in the end of the game, um, Tech got some BS calls that yeah. went Arkansas's ways. They did, um, and you hate to see the officials, you know, intervene and, you know, but that's part of the game and you have to live with it and you have to give props and props is due and Arkansas pulled it out. And I will say this about their coach, Eric Musselman. He is fun to watch. He did take Nevada deep mm-hmm. to lead their final four a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, went to big school. He's just full of energy. And as a player, you love to have a coach like that, you know, support and jump up and down, fist pump and cheering for you, fighting with the refs. And, you know, that that's good energy to, you know, keep on going for the rest of the tournament. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I think I think the the winner of this of this game um, had a, had a chance to beat whoever that I think it was Ohio State potentially or whoever. Um, I don't know who they're I, I can't remember who they're playing exactly. But I think the winner of this game. Roberts. Yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah. So if Ohio State even was in this position. I honestly thought the winner of this game had a chance to play Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. No, it's not Gonzaga. I'm yeah. tripping. Different. Yeah. Whoever was the number one seed, Michigan. Uh, and I think they had a chance to, you know, play Michigan and, and take Michigan for a run of their money. So I guess we'll see Arkansas potentially play Michigan in that Elite Eight game. Oh, shit. It's Baylor. Tough. All over the place. At least you didn't say Illinois because they're already out. <laughs> yeah, true that. So hopefully we'll see them play it. Whoever is in their one seed, Baylor. Um, and it, it'll be nice to see Arkansas versus Baylor because we saw it. We obviously already seen Tech Baylor um, mm-hmm. see, a different, see a different game. But I think they have a good chance of potentially beating Baylor. I think they're just athletic enough and have have a good, good roster. So, Absolutely. Uh, and then we go to Rutgers Houston again. Another great game. Um, I don't know his name um, from Houston. I think he's number three though. He had a freaking like hit pad on. Yeah, big hip injury played through it. Yeah, you know what? Houston's better than I thought they were. I'll give them credit and apologize. I thought they're weak you know, only losing two games all year and mm-hmm. missing big players. They're coming back. So, you know what, props to them. They're on a sweet 16, and they're they're playing well. Yeah, unfortunately, they get Syracuse. No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, fortunately, maybe fortunate. I don't know. But uh, that should be a really good game because it is hard to score against Syracuse. And Houston has a pretty good defense as yeah. well. So it'll be interesting to, to kind of different, you know, views conflicting again. Um, I probably am leaning towards Syracuse, but we'll talk about that in the sweet 16 but they went against Rutgers, and it wasn't an easy game either. But you could tell that not not having number three on the court for Houston was huge. So hopefully yeah. he's healthy. Um, but shout out to him for playing and um, you know doing all that stuff because that's that's huge and that's what March is all about. Uh, you'd love to see it. Uh, then we go to seven versus fifteen, Florida versus Oral Roberts again. Oral Roberts comes out on top. Uh, they were down at, at one point, like I think, like what, like ten points. Yeah, I think so, nine or ten, if I can remember. But they fought back. They had those two guys who can score the ball whenever they want to. Yep, O'Banner and Amos. Yeah, and if you can score, you can win basketball for the most part. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I wasn't I, – I definitely am surprised for that was even at this point, you know, early on losing uh, – I don't know his first name, but something Johnson, I believe it is. Yeah. The guy who collapsed on the floor early on in the season, I thought their season, not to say that their season was over, but uh, never expected them to win the first round game. Uh, for them to be in this position, they had a great season. Um, and they looked like they had an easy road to the Sweet 16, but Oral Roberts just, they're yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, it shows you that, hey, just because you're, you're in a smaller school, 
doesn't mean you don't have good basketball players and they have a good system that works for them. Um, they have a good inside out game. They can score, you know, in the paint with a back to the basket. They can score threes. They've got a good, they've got good role players. I don't know how deep they are. So if they get in foul trouble, I think they're going to play like seven guys. Yeah. So if they get in foul trouble, be on the, be, we, you know, but they also don't play really hard defense, honestly. <laughs> so they don't really get in foul trouble. Um, but yeah, it's, Shout out to them. Excited to see them. And hopefully they can make some noise against Arkansas. That'd be awesome to see them in the Elite yeah. Eight. Um, just so that Arkansas can kind of get, you know, dates in the face, I guess you can say. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we then we have North Texas taking on uh, Villanova. Again, Villanova, very good, well-coached team. They're going to do the right thing. They're not going to turn the ball over. Um, and, and we didn't think that North Texas would necessarily get to this point either. Mm-hmm. So, you know. We kind of expected this result, you know, kind of an ass whooping from Villanova. But, hey, props to North Texas for making it past the first round and, you know, playing a perennial team and makes a Final Four, you know, every two or three years. So, you know, props to them. Yeah, and that Hamley guy, again, had another great game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's proven himself. And then it's just – it's hard to – as those – normally, like, those 12 – those multiple seeds, like 12, 13, 14, normally don't win two games in tournaments. Yeah. They mm-hmm. normally just win one. They upset someone and then they, they, they lose. Right. So they did what every 13 seed, 14 seed, 12 seed does. Um, yeah. But the flip side of that is you get sure, those – talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was like, the, the flip side of that is you get, you know, you get the 12 seeds who go on. Now, Oregon State's a little bit different, I feel like. Um, if, if you were watching this game, it did be Oklahoma State, but if you were watching this game, they would not shut up about the fact that Oregon State was picked last to finish in the Pac-12 this year, go mm-hmm. on to not only win the conference tournament, to then win the first round – and then to be or Oklahoma State, who has, you know, a lot of people's eyes, the best player in the country in Cape Cunningham. Um, and they did it pretty handily, honestly. Yeah, I, I was very surprised at this outcome. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know much about Oregon State going into the tournament. Still don't know a lot about them. But you can tell that they have good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of play as a team. You don't see just like one outstanding player. Mm-hmm. You just see a collective group of guys, you know wanting to win a basketball game and wanting to make a deep run in this tournament. And sometimes that'll do it for you. Yeah. Now I will say they do have one player who's who's a little bit better than everyone else. That's yeah. Ethan Thomas, but yeah. you have to have that one guy to, to so win at games. least one guy, but I'm not, I, I'm comparing it kind of to like Kate Cunningham and the rest of Oklahoma state. Yes. Uh, that is way far and above the rest of everyone else. Yeah. It, it, it's tough. Um, and I, I mean, I know I was talking to some coaches over the break. We were talking about, I was like, man, I love Oklahoma state. I love Kate. I think he's going to win the tournament for him. Um, and even with Iowa, with Garza, like the, like you think these guys, you know, they have that that player. Um, but sometimes, like having a, having a group of guys who just completely, you know, as, as one unit is kind of the uh, the end all be all. And we're kind of seeing that, um, especially with that in that game against like uh, Oklahoma State, Oregon State played as a team uh, throughout, and they they kind of held a ten point lead pretty much the whole game. Yeah. And, uh, got up early, and you know, just kind of stuck with it. So. But yeah, so shout out to shout out to Pac, uh, the Pac-12 because again they're kicking my ass. Um, <laughs> and speaking of the Pac-12, we go to Monday Monday's game. Oregon takes on Iowa and absolutely dominates them. Yeah, Just dominates them. I mean, the first half I would say it was, a, it was a pretty close game until the end of the like the last couple minutes of the first half. I mean, they scored fifty six points in the first half. Yeah, that's crazy. Um... Just looking at everything, looks like them, maybe USC, can score the ball up there with Gonzaga. You know, high-powered mm-hmm. offense, you know, put up a lot of shots. You know, maybe not play as great a defense, but, you know, they're scoring the ball, and if you need to beat Gonzaga, who's the favorite to win this whole thing, that's what you got to do. And, 
you know, you got to feel bad for Luca Garza. You, you lose by 15, but he still put up 35 points. You know, one of the best players Big Ten has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about this early in the tournament. I didn't think they're that deep of a team other than him. I thought on the flip side of Oklahoma State, it's like surrounding court a little bit better than Iowa's maybe. But, um, you know, Oregon held it together, and we'll see a, you know, Pac-12 matchup in the Sweet 16. You know, what's, you know what's crazy to think about is potentially you're talking about scoring. You know, we've seen – we'll talk about USC here in a little bit, but, you know, we saw them in the first game. We saw Oregon. This is their first game. Like, it's crazy to think that Oregon and USC are better matchups, at least scoring the ball with Gonzaga, than Iowa and, and Kansas are just in general. Because, yeah. um, you know, again, we'll talk about Kansas here in a second. Um, but, yeah, or, Oregon was dominant throughout. And unfortunate for Garza to see his career end because as people were talking about, he's pro- he's a projected second round pick right now in the NBA draft, which sucks. Yeah. Um, but and, but I mean he's getting his number retired, so shout out to him as well. But yeah, it's it's, it's tough. Uh, then we move on Gonzaga. We were just talking about him taking on OU again. Look, just look dominant. Yeah, they almost look untouchable. I mean, I mean they can still slip up. You know they have time, but um, they're just so complete. You know, offense, defense, coaching, everything between. Um, it's just they're long, they're athletic, they're tall. They they they're the they're the real deal this year. So I mean, real 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 shot to go undefeated and uh and win the national championship and not have a hiccup. I mean, they'll they'll have some tough games here, hopefully, but uh, who knows? Like they honestly could run the table and have no tough games. I could see it. Um, yeah. The only bad thing they're doing right now is Drew Timmy's. Fu Manchu. That's the only bad thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, they're playing great. Then UCLA, again, another Pac-12 team, just smacking me in my face. I mean, yeah. they do play Abilene Christian, who we knew was not going to put up a, a big fight. Same, um, same, same story as North Texas. Knew they were going to lose the second round, even if they did play UCLA. So Yeah, exactly. So UCLA wins that one by 20. Um, again, not much more to talk about. Then we go on Ohio, Creighton, kind of the same story. Um, yeah. I think Ohio is a, is a little bit better than Abilene and North Texas. So I, and I know like Jay Billis and a few others had Ohio actually beating Creighton or potentially uh, U, uh, University of California, Santa Barbara um, and playing in the Sweet 16. But Creighton kind of dominated this game, especially in the first half. Yeah, they held, um, I can't remember the guy from Ohio's, you know, projected uh, like lottery mm-hmm. pick, I think, our late first round pick. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, they contained him early and, you know, stuck it to him because that guy doesn't have a ton of support. So, you know, they did the right thing and did what they had to do to win. Yeah, sometimes at this point, like once you get into March, it's just about stopping, you know, that momentum of the other team. So they did that. Uh, Ohio loses. And uh, Craig moves on to, to go face the uh, big bad Gonzaga. So mm-hmm. good luck to them, I guess. Uh, then we have LSU versus Michigan. And this was a very good game. It was. Uh, it, was tie- it was almost tie- it was one point lead by Michigan at half. Um, and then they kind of pulled away towards the end. Uh, but LSU, I mean, are they are they a basketball program now? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. I mean, they're still decent at football after mm-hmm. losing Joe Burrow. You know, I had a bad year. But um, LSU's past couple of years have looked pretty dang good. You know, they've. I think we can maybe attribute to when Ben Simmons went there. That's the number. Mm-hmm. Like I know they made the NIT and didn't yeah. do anything early that year. But you start to see a few more. You know, guys creeping up and. You know, maybe the SEC is turning – like, obviously, they're always going to be a football conference, but they've started to look a lot stronger here. If you even look at Alabama mm-hmm. in this tournament as well, and Arkansas, like, you know, SEC is, you know, trying to make a name for themselves in basketball other than Kentucky. 
Well, it's nice that it's nice that it's not Kentucky though, because you know yeah, we exactly. see Kentucky. Um, but yeah, so it was a good game. I think Michigan, that Michigan doesn't like Michigan doesn't do the same thing that Baylor and Gonzaga do for me. They're not that dominant team, but they are going to win good. They are going to win close games. They're just a good team. So I, I do see them making a Final Four run here. Um, but I don't. They're not going to be. They're not going to look dominant doing it. They're just going to look like a good team, and they're going to win close games. Yeah. Um, then we go to Florida State. Uh, Colorado first half very good um again it's hard to score against Florida State they're just so long uh, yeah. yeah but Colorado pull or not Colorado excuse me Florida State pulls out um that's what she said towards the end uh and and kind of takes the victory by 18 first yeah. Pac-12 loss so thank you Pac-12 finally yeah in the second round in the second round yeah uh but yeah it, Florida State's a dominant team as well um and I, who do they play next? They they play Michigan. That that, that would be yeah. I'd be worried if I was Michigan for that game. Yeah, that that should be a really good game defensively. Um, baskets are going to be hard to score on both sides, and hopefully mm-hmm. Michigan gets back their forward uh, like whatever Shivers. I don't I think it's I don't yeah. know his first name. Starts with an L. I know that. I almost said Lin- I think it might be Lindsey Shivers if I'm correct if I remember correctly. Um, but then we stay in the SEC. Uh, Maryland takes on Bama and. Bama is is looking really good this tournament. Yeah, they're they're looking good. Uh, they're two guards that lead that team in scoring. They, you know, teams on their back, and at least it's not one guy; it's two guys carrying the load, which makes it a little bit easier for both of them mm-hmm. and the rest of the team collectively. Um, they can get really hot. Um, they can also get really cold sometimes from the floor too, depending on how well they're shooting. But mm-hmm. if they stay hot, they're a scary team to watch for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, for sure, and uh, I think their road. Uh, they, they don't, I don't know who they play next. UCLA. UCLA, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that, that could be a good game. But then if they win that, they got to play Baylor, which will be tough because um, Baylor's probably the, one of the most complete teams for They're sure. They're in Michigan and Florida State. <laughs> I, I don't, I, it's, it's tough to see this damn thing. It's an off day. You're good. I got it up here for you. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't have it up on me. I don't have it up on my screen. I'm just looking at the scores. And then the final game of the night, we were kind of hinting at it earlier. Um, USC dominates Kansas, and I think Kansas problems were shown in that first game, um, and not ha- they they missed out on a couple guys because of COVID and, and injuries and stuff like that. And I, I turned that game off early. It was hard to watch. Like I grew up, you know, country for Kansas here and there, but every year I started watching them, I liked them less and less and less. I've like to build self less and less and less and man USC whoops their ass yesterday yeah yeah it was uh it was nice because you know it's the last game of the night games have been ending around 11 o'clock I got school the next day it was nice to turn off the tv and go to bed a little bit earlier just because it was a blowout and not not a close game by any means so but that's that's the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Now it is a sad day, or not even a sad day. It's it was a sad time just for the simple fact that you're realizing that oh oh crap, we're in the middle of it. But all all the fun stuff is over. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still going to be some really good games, potential upsets here in the next couple of days, uh, or I guess next weekend. But th- there's nothing like the first and second round of March Madness. Nothing like it. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of the most exciting times of the year. Sometimes like. You know, people get excited for Christmas or holidays. I get excited for the first couple rounds of March Madness every year. It's just so fun, exciting. You know, you never know what's going to happen. <clears throat> exactly. So 
Uh, and I mean, it's nothing better than having two full days of 16 games, which it, it is honestly exhausting. I mean, I find myself taking naps. It is very exhausting, but it's also nice to fall asleep and wake up and there's more basketball on yep. literally basketball on for 12 hours straight. Um, and then the next two days after that, there's like what there's, I guess, eight games a day for yep. two days. So like, it's just those, there's nothing better than those. Mm-hmm. Now the sweet 16 games, the elite eight games, final four games, obviously the games get a little bit better as in competition kind of equals out. You see kind of the best teams play each other, but just nothing like those first two days, first two rounds, I should say. Um, Now, before we move on to talking about the Sweet 16 real fast, I just want to go over our brackets that me and Jacob made a week ago. Um, We did very bad, uh, especially in our uh, Twitter one that we posted on Twitter. We did awful. Um, Just to show you, just to give you the numbers, first of all, Illinois was our our winner. Uh, We got 220 total points. We were 2% right, and we still have a max of 620 left. Um, yeah. Let's just not talk about it. We only got, like, two teams let's, out of the yeah, 216. Let's, let's move on to the good one. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, so the good one, we we, ha- we have Gonzaga as our winner. We have 340 total points, 51% right, uh, and we have, like, 1,140. I don't know if that means left or that's a max you can get. Uh, I think it's max you can. Okay, I think it's a max you can get. So yeah, so of the of the final four, we got Gonzaga right, Creighton right, Michigan, Michigan or Michigan and Florida State, uh, Baylor, and Syracuse and Houston. So it's not awful. Not awful. I mean, there's definitely some 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 uh, teams that kind of were back bracket busters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's our that's ours. We'll keep you up to date. And just a quick um, little thing about our five out bracket as well. Just to kind of give you guys that. Our main man Jacob here is actually leading it and leading sure. it pretty comfortably with 30 points. He's got 400 points in that one, so he was doing pretty good in that one. Yeah, I got a comfortable lead on the max too, so we're looking pretty good. Got 10 okay. of the 16, uh, sweet 16, so I'm feeling pretty confident. Yeah, you. So you're actually tied with uh, Colin Eccles. I didn't even know he made a bracket. Colin, Colin is a Michigan guy, I, I guess. I don't know, but he he made a bracket. He's tied with you in max points, but you have him by 40 points. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of your only your only problem. Our buddy Sandy from the uh, Splitting Uprights one, Splitting Uprights podcast, he's got 410 left, but he's only at 330. So yeah, you got some lead. And then Jackie, uh, she's in second. She's at 370. Um, it's kind of surprising, though. Only four people in this bracket picked Gonzaga to win it all. Yeah, um, they just don't know basketball. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Um, so those are our brackets. Uh, we're going to go over the sweet 16 games real fast, and then we'll let you guys go on your merry ways. Um, I'm actually going to look at a bracket now. So I know what the, the, the I, guess I, can, I can just start it off for us. I got one pulled up. There you well, go, Jacob. Uh, we'll start with the first game. I don't know what order they put games in, but we'll start off with the first day and we'll just start off in the South region. We got Baylor versus Villanova. Um, what do you think about that matchup? Um, 100% leading towards Baylor. I mean, I think this is going to be one of the best uh, strategic matchups versus coaches. And I think yeah. the teams are – I don't know if they're evenly matched. I think Baylor's a little bit better. But I, I've got Baylor. Um, yeah. They just look too good. Yeah, I do too. I think um, this is probably going to be Baylor's toughest game in the South region. South mm-hmm. region. Now, maybe if Arkansas gets the lead eight, it might be a tough one too. But just with uh, Villanova's coach and their team, I think this will probably be the hardest game they play in the South. Yeah, so I agree with you. I'd, I'd pick better in that game. Next, we've got Arkansas 
versus our man and ORU, the late game that day. Who do you got? Uh, you know, I want to pick Oral Roberts, but mm-hmm. um, with a week to prepare, you got to go with Arkansas in this in this situation. So I give me Arkansas, unfortunately. I agree. I think Arkansas will do what they can to shut down those two leading scorers for ORU. Now, moving down to the Midwest, we got an 8C Loyola Chicago versus 12C Oregon State. Um, Midwest got a lot of, you know, lower seeds here. So, um, potential deep run for Cinderella here. Who do you got? Uh, Going to go with Chicago. I just like them too much. Yeah, I, I love them, but um, I, I, I don't know. Oregon State's look good. They look dominant. You know, they've won comfortably against, you know, two pretty good teams. So, I'm going to uh, go on that vice first side and pick Oregon State. Hey, one of the best games of the Sweet 16, though. That game yeah. will be one of the best yeah. ones. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, lastly, in the Midwest, we got Syracuse versus Houston. Two totally different strategies here. Um, what's your opinion? I mean, I, I just I, I think at this point, like I, I want Syracuse is like my UConn kind of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I got to stick with Syracuse. I love their two three zone. I loved playing yeah. it, you know, when I was when I was a player. Uh, and you got to love seeing white guys just dominate the scoring book. Yeah. So give me Syracuse. Yeah, I'm gonna take Syracuse as well, just because I have them moving on to lead eight in my bracket. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my Cinderella, if you can yeah. say it. But uh, Syracuse is gonna win that game, I think. Moving over to the west side, we got Gonzaga versus Creighton. Um, you know, two perennial teams who have yet to really win a national championship, you know, always kind of make it pretty far. Um, who do you have? Uh, this one, I think, is still easy. I think Gonzaga still can run the table. I think Creighton's going to have – Creighton's going to throw something at him. Uh, you know, McDermott's uh, – Greg McDermott, I think his first name is. He's going mm-hmm. to come up with something to try to slow him down. Um, but I think Gonzaga is just too strong. Yeah, I, I agree. Gonzaga is just it. – it's their year, man. I'm telling you, I'm going with Gonzaga as well. Drew, unfortunately, you have to pick a Pac-12 winner in this matchup right here. Um, we got uh, USC versus Oregon, who both have looked pretty good so far in the tournament. Uh, who do you think the Pac-12 winner of this game going on to the lead eight is? I think um, based on the more <laughs> impressive win of the two um, with Oregon beating Iowa, I think I got to go with Oregon. I think both are great. Um, and I think and also, I think uh, – I don't know what they were in the regular season, like going against each other. But yeah. Oregon is 100% healthy now, and I think that's a huge thing for them. I don't think they were through most of the season. So, give me Oregon to take on USC. Yeah. I wouldn't say – I don't know if that's necessarily the more impressive win. I mean, USC beat Kansas by 34. So um, – and the, I think USC has a better overall player in Evan Mobley. Uh, I think he'd be the best player on the floor. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going to pick USC to win that and move on to the lead eight. Finally, moving down to the East, we got Michigan versus Florida State, which is going to be a fantastic game, maybe one of the best Sweet 16 games as well. Um, who do you see winning that one? Yeah, this one's a, this one's a tough one. Um, I think just because they have a little bit more, I want to say scoring powers, and again, if, if they have that, if they have that forward, I'm going to go with Michigan, but it, it, like I'm looking at the spread right now, it's minus three. Honestly, I can see this being a one-two point game. Michigan yeah. At the end. yeah, I agree. It's I, it's hard to say there's usually, you know, we're coming down to the point where you flip a coin and either team might win. This is probably going to be the closest game of the Sweet 16, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I'm going to go with Michigan too. I like what Juwan Howard's doing there, and I like to see them continue to be successful. Now, if if you're in Vegas for this tournament, the over under right now is 144. I'm smashing that under. I think they're going to score yeah. 50 points each. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's going to be like in the 120s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's definitely a good under bet right there. You know, better Drew over there. <laughs> and the last Sweet 16 matchup we have of the tournament is UCLA versus Alabama. Who you got winning? Um, just the way they've played so far this tournament, uh, I, I think Bama Bama wins this game. Uh, I know I know I'm picking against all Pac-12 again, but just yeah. the, their matchups they have. I mean, I, I think Bama uh, they look they've looked very consistent, and I think mm-hmm. that that's that's huge. Yeah. Uh, and UCLA's two games they played, in my opinion, weren't the of the best talent. Now I know I was high on BYU, but um, their second game I didn't really didn't like who they played. Bama's played. Played very good the first two games. Yeah, I agree with you. Alabama's consistent. They've won essentially both games by, you know, 20. I guess the first game was 13, but, you know, they've won, won handily. Um, and I agree, Alabama's going to win. And that wraps up, you know, our opinions on what we think this week's 16 is going to happen. Obviously, you heard ours from the first couple rounds. So, honestly, don't believe us necessarily, but, you know, that's just our take. Hey, go, go fill out that second chance bracket on, uh, on uh, the ESPN app as well. Now, of ours, just real fast, who do you think is going to be the final four of these Sweet 16 teams? Uh, the Sweet 16, um, I'm going to go with what I have on my bracket so far. I mean, Oklahoma State's out. I put them in. So mm-hmm. I have Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor. I have three one seeds, which mm-hmm. I don't do too often. But, oh, man, out of that other division, too, it's the one with a lot of low seeds. Um, since I have Syracuse going to the lead eight and I don't have either of these teams going to the lead eight in Chicago or Oregon state, um, I'm going to say Syracuse, you know, just kind of for the hell of it. Yeah. I, hopefully I, I do agree with you. I think Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor all make it in. Uh, now there is a whole stat of, you know, of the last X amount of years, um, a six or higher seed has made the final four. And I do think it comes from that Midwest division, either yeah. Syracuse or Loyola, Chicago. So uh, those are th- that's kind of my final four as well. The, just the three, and if it's not if it's not Michigan, it's Florida State in my opinion. Um, I think the winner of that game goes to the Elite Eight. Uh, but Bama looks really good too. So we'll we'll see. Again, don't take our opinions because we obviously suck. Um, yeah. But that's our show for the day. Thank you guys for so thank you guys so much for sticking around and and hanging out with us. Again, we can't wait for this weekend. Um, and I think next week we're going to have a special guest on. Uh, Mr. Luke Heaton's going to join us, I believe. Hopefully he can um, with his schedule. Um, but we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we post episodes every Thursday for you guys on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, or anywhere else you guys uh, listen to your podcast. Uh, if you want to look us up on YouTube, though, it's a little bit different. Go to Sideline Sports. Check us out there. Uh, we post the YouTube video, so if you'd like to watch us uh, as we talk, go ahead and go to YouTube, check us out there. But if you want to check us out on the uh, platforms, look us up at side or excuse me, not Sideline Sports, uh, Five Out. Okay, that's five like the number, then IVE out. Uh, we also post daily content as well on our Twitter at five underscore out. Check us out there as well. We post some of our fancy recap stuff. We have some poll questions every once in a while, and then uh, just kind of some fun things that we do on there. We also uh, have other another two platforms. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok, but check those out at Sideline Sports. Once you're there, you'll see a lot of the similar stuff you see on the Twitter, but you'll also see some stuff from Five Out as well as uh, some of our other stuff we do on those platforms, but be sure to check those out because those are 
fun and a little bit more interactive if you'd like some of that. That's going to do it for us here on this episode. We'll see you guys next time. Come with me to my own Girl, I got a sweet at the SLS. I already know you got explicit tricks. Hey, take my hand. Follow me to my own Tell your little friends you're going to be high. Girl, I got a plan for the whole night. Okay, your legs just like a store, they open up and you got people in line Been there every night for weeks at a time You in my dreams, that's why I sleep all the time Just to hear you say I love you, just to touch you, just to leave you behind I told you you don't have to worry, you'll be fine it's the type of thing I heard it happen all the time Yeah, I just wanna see you fly Cause your fragrance got me faded, you'll be keeping me hot Said nothing better than the first time I'll be at your service like you're checking at the curbside You don't have to spend another second on this earth right Wet you like a breath with your second and a third time Left you up a first mind And when you're hungry, I can shut you up a stir fry Get you some dessert wine, elevate your third eye First prize, no belt, get a piece, your clothes off Turn around, let me see. I've been waiting all night for this moment. I've been waiting all year for this moment. I've been picturing you taking out your clothes for me. I've been literally curving out this song for you. Daddy told you better bring your ass home. Said I better, better get your ass home. Man, I swear the parents just don't understand. You ain't gotta be old to be a man. Take my hand. Come with me to my room Girl, I got a seat at the SLS uh, I already know you got exclusive taste uh, Take my hand, follow me to my room Tell your little friends you gon' be high Girl, I got a plan for the whole night Okay, I came up with where the planet was Take you by the hand and bring you somewhere where the sand is Soon as we landed, we went straight into the room and played the music Started dancing, you was taking off your pants It looked like Dorothy ain't in Kansas anymore I do you like a chore? We started on the bed and then we moving to the floor You started getting crazy, told me fuck you like a whore I thought you was an angel, now you yelling to the Lord You used to tell me all the time I ain't so tight Now you always wanna spend the night Now, I'm doing everything you like When I'm inside your pussy, damn, it feels so right yeah, But I still respect the game Every time I'm out of line, you always set me straight The sex is great from heaven, sex, I need it every day I yell your name, Cinderella Never gonna find nobody better in all my life I've been waiting all night for this moment I've been waiting all year for this moment I've been picturing you taking out your glove for me I've been literally grabbing all these all for you Daddy told you better bring your ass home Said I better, better get your ass home Man, I swear the parents just don't understand You ain't gotta be old to be a man Take my hand, come with me To my room Girl, I got a speed at the SLS I already know you got exclusive taste. Uh, take my hand.
I got 